Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are discussing Warbreaker, chapters 48, 49, 50, and 51, wherein Siri and her husband put together a plan, which uh, doesn't exactly go as planned, but do they ever? Vasher and Vivenna go on a rescue mission. Lightsong and Blushweaver attend a vote, a very important vote of the gods. And then Vasher tries to sneak into the palace and gets captured, kicking off, I think, officially the Sander Lanch portion of the book, if I'm remembering correctly. So anyway, I'm Data, and with me today is Jamie, Joe, and Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. To emerge and to breathe anew For a purpose so far from my own And this world I've awoken to Seems familiar but somehow unknown And the branches of gold on the skyline Reach out to the sweep of the stars The beginnings and endings of lifetimes a guidance of light from afar. So yeah, these four chapters, uh, things kind of ramp up. We got some action happening. Finally, maybe satiating some of uh, you have been like, where's the action this whole book? So what did you guys think of these four chapters? Well, I, for one, am just shocked, shocked that this is the Fandalanch beginning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's good. I think we've left it in a pretty exciting place. I before I go into my thoughts particularly about the episode and uh, all the, the chapters that we read, I have been going back listening to our earlier podcasts of Warbreaker just to kind of go where were our heads at and then really what were we thinking? I just I just would like to just bring up that I I was like I liked him. He's a really cool guy and I was like I heard myself say it and went oh my god why why did I say that? <laughs> So if you ever need proof Dave. that we uh, <laughs> haven't read the book at the time, definitely listen to that. Yeah, there's some things that we said that I'm like, that's pretty on the money. And some things that I'm like, oh, no, not on the money at all. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so that that's for, that's fun. It doesn't help me with my predicament I'm learning. I still have no idea where we're going. But anyway, these chapters in particular, I like that Siri and Susan Bron have kind of got their plan together and was not surprised at all that it didn't come off the way they had hoped. I think that's, yeah, that's that's put them in a bit of a predicament. I thought it was pretty cool that Vasha made it into the palace. I really thought he was going for lights on at the time, and I was like, oh, I wonder what their history is. That's intriguing. I hope that we get to see those characters actually meet up. Vivetta and Vasha, I'm really loving with, I, like, I, I sort of wish they'd met up earlier. I think I would love to see more of those two working together. That's that's really cool where that's going. And, yeah, obviously the kind of stunning end of where we have uh, Dents and Tongfa going back through our episodes previously. And I, I just got through where Viv and I had kind of met them for the first time and they were talking about, you know, kidnapping doesn't pay and all this sort of stuff. It takes on a total different meaning mm-hmm. now when you – when you know what you know, and it actually just makes them even more icky and, and chilling. Yeah, I, I don't like them. I retract my earlier statement. I don't like them. They're not cool. 
Um, and they're <laughs> proving the that <laughs> even in these chapters uh, with with Vasha. But yeah, a bit scary. Excited to see what comes next. Yeah, it's, I, especially the jokes of like Tong Fa being like, "Oh, I like breaking fingers and stuff like that," where you thought it was a joke at first, and now it's like, "Oh, oh." Yeah, it's it's completely dark, and the the bit about um, you know, chopping off toes, and it's like, "Well, we don't do it just, oh, we don't do it, we don't we don't get." Oh, I can't remember exactly the line. We don't do it for some reason, but it was like very much a yeah, like I I do that. It's okay, we can do that. We're just not being paid to do that, or. Something, I don't know. It was a bit, a bit strange. But, yeah, I just, oh, it's icky. It's icky. Mm-hmm. She had no idea. She had no idea. And we didn't, as the reader, have any idea at the time. But now you go through it and you're like, oh, oh, they played her the entire time. There was nothing yep. genuine there at all. Yeah, I'm telling you, on reread, I'm just like, I hate you guys so much for, for fooling me so hard. Because, yeah, yeah. We, have, we, we have no idea, and they seem so funny and entertaining. And then in retrospect, it's like, oh, yeah, ugh, okay. Yep, yep. Oh, they, and they even made the line about, like, it was something about the kidnapping. They spoke specifically about kidnapping, and I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was off the top of my head, but it, the were exact words, the way it was written, gosh, Brandon's good. That was very <laughs> clever. Yes, he's so good at, at foreshadowing. We've discovered over these books where it's just like you get to the twists and you're like, oh, my gosh, there was so much foreshadowing for that. But it was written so subtly that I never noticed. Although you yeah. guys do notice a lot. You guys like uh, Dak was the first one. I think it was just like there's something about these guys that I don't trust them. Yes. Uh, the second episode they were in, I think that's when Dak and Dak and uh, Joe started turning on Dents and the crew. And I'm going, I like them. I think they're cool. Like an idiot. <laughs> Well, you, you 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 were in good company. I too felt that way the first time. I'm like, these guys are fun. I like them. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, live and learn. That's it. But these chapters were great. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. What I don't get in these chapters in in a couple of months' time. <laughs> uh, we're, we're running out of book for there to be like little hints that are going to pay true. off at this point. That's true. That's true. But it's exciting to be definitely getting into the the pointy end of the story now. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always fun, and then probably for you guys, always tough to be like, oh, I have to stop reading now that things are getting interesting. Yeah, always tough. I also I always get to this point, and well, okay, we've got two more weeks of chapters to read after what we've just read. So I think it's two, three, two, two episodes left two. after this. Yeah. Yes, two episodes left. So. There's not a lot of book left to wrap everything up, and I always get to this point where I panic and go, he's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to be wrap, able to wrap it up. There's not another book to go on to at this stage. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm really, it needs to be a satisfying ending, and I just I always panic that I'm like, it's not going to happen because I've really enjoyed the book so far. I was like, please, please be worth it. I'm sure it will, but... <laughs> you, you don't want to end up like Joe at the end of Well of Ascension. Like, this book didn't have an mm. ending. Dang yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. 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 I enjoyed these chapters. I think I I agree with Jamie. I think it actually the book is to its detriment to not have had Vasher and Vivena team up sooner. I get the idea that like the amount of story that we had to have to establish Vivena completely trusting Denth and Tong Fa, like they they it's a more of a hurtful twist to have that amount of story go on before she and Vasher team up. But I feel like it's almost to the book's detriment that, that Brandon waited so long to have these two team up together. 
And I would say, you know, I've had problems with pacing in Brandon's books before, but I think this one, like I was, and of course the book's not finished yet, but I was only, I was getting prepared to say this was my favorite book that we've read so far, but the pacing has maybe taken that away. So we'll see by the time that the end of the book is done how I feel. But right now I, I feel like it just, the pacing really killed it for me. Interesting. But uh, the most interesting story to me right now, it, which I know all the stories are probably about to collide, but the most interesting story to, to me now is the Vivenna Basher stuff. I, I, I almost don't care what Light Song is going to do. I almost don't care what Susan <laughs> and Siri are going to do. It's it's pretty much just the Vasher and Vivenna show for me right now. So, but that's a personal preference. But yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying everything. I just wish we got a little bit more action. I feel like we're still not getting enough, and we're getting to the end of the book. So like, even if it's like action packed all the way to the end, like I don't know. I feel like we could have had a little bit more of this sprinkled throughout the book. But maybe that's not the kind of story he wanted to tell. Maybe action packed is not what he was going for. Yeah. I mean, I I think I mentioned towards or sometime in the middle that it was like Elantris was also not a real actiony book, and I think that's just mm-hmm. the kind of story this one is more than you know Mistborn, yeah. which was all about the fighting. Yeah, and I'd say this is similar to Elantris, and this book is similar to Elantris in several other ways as well. I think thematically it's very similar in that there's a constant, there's constantly like a comparison of my perspective is not your perspective from my perspective you may be evil from your perspective i may be evil that kind of stuff i feel like that was very heavy in elantris and it's very prevalent in this book too so much so that the characters actually call it out like vasher says that in, i think in this group of chapters at one point or maybe yeah. he said it in a previous group and vivenna is just recalling it in this set but like it's a thing and it's very predominant in this book so yeah, from my perspective, the Jedi are evil. So Correct. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, I feel like that's a phrase we've said several times, so maybe that's just Brandon's thing. Like, <laughs> different perspectives make the story more interesting because people, you know, feel that they're doing good when they're maybe objectively not doing good. So, but anyway, yeah. No, but I'm great, a, great than trying to save uh, right, the, exactly. the people of Aralon, yeah. Yeah, Elantris, yeah, like I said, very similar situation, I feel like, so... uh so yeah, I'm excited to see to to read the to get to the end. But yeah, and I'm gonna reserve you know my judgment a little bit. But I am I was I am surprised by like some of the choices as far as pacing have been in this book. I'm like really, okay, well. But uh, yeah, there's still plenty. Uh, there's still a good amount of book left. So who knows? I may get turned around on. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I I think the end of this book is gonna be an interesting and kind of different from some of the other books we've read in that well for example i mentioned last time that i was like yeah there's this thing with calm seer where in the annotations it tells us like the truth about like what happened with calm seer that light song is kind of remembering and i was like well i can tell you about that when we get to the end there's several things including things that i came up when i was going through these chapters again and i'm like i can't talk about that right now it doesn't come up in the book, but if I talk about it now, it would spoil potentially things that do happen in the book. So th- there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of interesting bits that I can't tell you until we get to the end. And I almost wonder, like, because this book, because of the way that it was written, did did it not go through as much of an editing process as maybe some of his other works or because like he did this kind of chapter by chapter and let people read it. Right. 
Yeah, he was like writing it openly. I think it, I think actually it may have been, gone through more editing for that reason than it might have otherwise. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just curious because there's like so much interesting information that I feel like is so tertiary. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like we're almost all the way through the book, and I understand canonically they say like we don't really understand the magic system completely. I get yeah. that, but it's like we're almost all the way through the book, and I still like have almost no idea how the magic works. Mm. And like I feel like that's that's an issue for me as a reader just because I want to know that's like, that's like the most interesting thing to me in each of these planets is like how the magic system works. And again, it's like, it's like Elantris. We don't know how the magic system works until like the end of the book. Yeah. I think I'm trying to remember. I think that his explanation that we got in the last was last time or the time before where he gives the whole scientific overview of here's how, it works as far as we know. I think that may be the most in-depth explanation that we're going to get. Yeah, and which I mean, I get, but at the same time, it seems like a shame because it's such an interesting idea that it's almost too bad that it's not more transparently explained. Yeah, and there will be a, a lot of stuff that uh, – and it will come up in the annotations that I picked out for today too. But a lot of stuff he's like, yeah, that will get explored more in the sequel. So uh, there's a If lot it of ever little, comes. But yeah, and <laughs> – and that that's that's what he always says. He's like, yeah, I'll talk more about that in the sequel if I ever write it. So, um, yeah. But uh, there, there's a lot of details like uh, stuff about the five scholars or other like really interesting little lore bits. Like we talked about I mentioned last time that he's like, we're going to understand more about the I almost called them un, unalived, um, the, the lifeless. We're going to he's like, yeah, he's going to explain more about how those work in the sequel. We're going to find out more about the five mm. scholars in the sequel. We're going to find out more about how the magic works in the sequel. So, yeah, there's what a are, lot of uh, I forget. What stuff are the five kind of scholars? Do we know? Uh, they've gotten are? mentioned several times as, ha- as like being these scholars that made like discoveries of. Mm, uh, OK, I think Denth even mentions at one point that like Icar alcohol was discovered by one of the five scholars, but he can't remember which one it was. Hmm. OK. So, yeah, that's uh, stuff that he's going to go more into at a different time, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- there, there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I want to know more that we still don't find out by the end of the book. And hopefully right. someday. <laughs> Give me more. Yeah, these chapters are pretty good. Like we're coming like coming up to the end. I'm interested. I'm I'm glad things are coming to a head. Like because I, I agree with Joe. I think the pacing of this book has been a bit you know, spinning the wheels uh, before we got to this point. So I'm glad that we're, we're finally Coming to see where it's all coming together, because I feel like I just I spent a lot of this book just waiting for that to happen. And I also agree, like, I, I don't really get how the magic system works. I think the difference between this book and Elantris was the way the magic works was part of the mystery. So we were engaged with trying to figure out mm. how how it worked, whereas in this book, it's kind of just people know we're just not really getting much of an explanation. So and I get it because I remember I saw something online. It's like if you're writing a book in the modern world and the characters get into a car, the author's not going to explain to you how an internal combustion engine works. So maybe it's just a, you don't have to explain everything. So that's, that's, that's fair, but I'm just, I'm still just in the dark. It's like, what, how does this all work? I don't quite know. But yeah, as far as these chapters themselves, feel, I'm not, I'm not sure where Siri and Susabron are. I, like, I don't think Susabron's making it out of this book alive. So mm. like that. So that could be, I'm, con- I'm concerned there. Like, He's not. He's far from my favorite character ever, but he's. You know, he doesn't deserve to die. But yeah, it's definitely it's the Vasher and Vavena show right now, especially now that the mercenaries have showed up again. And oh, gotta tell you, 
when Dent stepped out, and it's like he said he he said something. It's like you know what I like about you, like Vasha, you're so predictable. It's like why does everything start out with you know what I hate about or you know what I like about like oh my god dude pick a different song he's, he's, he's got his shtick and he's just gonna go with it yeah Ugh, man yeah like it's interesting stuff but I'm I'm just like all right cool let's see where this goes I love like you've mentioned before that it's like they just keep harping on the same like mercenary jokes and it never bothered me before so it's interesting to hear how it bugs you yeah and I think look I think um, a lot of the things I feel about this book, and I think it's similar to Well of Ascension, comes down to the way we're reading it. Right. I, f- I, f- I feel like I would probably enjoy both those books a lot more if we just read them start to finish like you normally would read a book. I, a lot of the other books, like I think the way we've read them have been really beneficial. And even in this one, we picked up on hints that we wouldn't have otherwise uh, reading chapter to chapter. But I do think because of the way this and Well of Ascension are paced, it has made the those two books really drag a bit. Mm. Whereas if we just read them at a regular reading pace, it probably wouldn't have felt as bad. It might have we might have still felt it a bit, but not nearly as bad as we have. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to think what books may have benefited from that. I guess like Elantris is designed in like the three chapter chunks because you know they rotate between the character viewpoints. So it might be beneficial to read like if you read each of the viewpoints. But we didn't even do that. Sometimes they got mixed up because we were reading more than three chapters at a time. So yeah, and and we talked about it in Elantris, but like sometimes it'd be a case of sticking to that three chapter triad really hampered it a bit because like in this mm-hmm. chapter it's half a page of Raithan and Dilaf chatting, and then it goes to the next raid, and it's like wow, you just needed something to fill that void there, didn't you? Yeah, I think he learned his lesson on that, and that's he's not doing that again. I mean, it was a worthwhile experiment. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I do think. I agree that this book has given me a lot of similarity vibes with Elantris, and in a weird way, it's actually made me appreciate Elantris a bit more, thinking back. I'm just like, it was cool about the mystery of how the magic worked. It was cool with, like, the City of the Dead, and, like, like that's your hook, and you're just trying to engage in, oh my god, how are they gonna, like, fucking get out of this? Like, yeah, like, in a, in a weird way, Warbreaker has made me appreciate Elantris a lot more. Go Interesting. Hmm. You never know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess let's let's do this thing. We have chapters. We start out with Siri and Susabron just like in bed together, hanging out. He's sleeping and she's just like, how did I end up here in my life? Like, did not see this coming. <laughs> also, yeah, we're kind of dumb. We, we only had one thing to avoid and uh, we're not doing that. And I do like, I, like he wakes up and he's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you back. And then it's like, okay, so this is going to be a problem, right? And neither of them understands, like, the whole having – like, Dak predicted last time, oh, they're going to have a kid – like, she's going to get pregnant after the first time they were together. But, no, they've been together, it seems like, several times at least. I, I don't remember how long – if it specifies how long it's been. But uh, he's like, so, I mean, how long before you, you start showing? And she's like, you know, I, I really don't know. Uh, some some women back home, like, complained that they couldn't have children so, as fast as they wanted. So maybe it doesn't always happen right away. I don't know. So yeah, neither of them knows enough about this process to understand. <laughs> uh, kind of awkward for, for them. Uh, and then Susabron's like, okay, I've made a decision. I want to try to take control of my kingdom. And so they try to – they come up with a plan for how they're going to make this work because – the the priests don't really want to listen to them. Like he's telling them, I don't want to go to war. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's whatever. They try to reassure him, but they don't do anything. 
but also they've established why he can't just come out and try to reveal himself or whatever, because there's a bunch of people around who would stop him. So they have to come up with a plan. And he suggests that she go to Light Song and try to, like, get him into their confidence to help them. And she's like, well, I mean, maybe. But what if we just, like, ran off to Idris? And he's like, well, no, if we run to Idris, then the troops are just going to come after us and we'd be bringing the war to your home, basically. And she brings up, it's like, oh, but you need a breath every week to survive. And he's like, well, actually, no, I can just live off of the the bunch of breaths I already have. And I'll, like, consume one a week and it'll keep me alive. Which she's like, oh, well, that changes things. And I don't know that we've ever talked about or even wondered about, like, if how that would work. I don't know if you guys just assumed that that's the way it would work or if it never you never thought about it. But I don't know. What do you think? That never actually occurred to me. Okay. I think I postulated that in like the very first episode because it talks about how they need a breath a week. And I said, you know, Vasher in the prologue keeps talking about he used to have all these breaths, he used to have all these breaths. And at the time, we didn't know that you could possibly give away less than all your breaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I postulated that maybe he was returned. And the reason that he used to have all these breaths and doesn't anymore is that he slowly used them all up. It's interesting you mentioned that because I had kind of forgotten. And there's that that was one of the um, the annotations that I was going to pull out today is that uh, it, it was like, by the way, Vasher like Vasher used to have all these breaths. And uh, not long before the book started, he like lost his temper and drew Nightblood and Nightblood like ate up a bunch of his breaths. And that's what happened to him. Oh, interesting. So Nightblood eats the breaths. OK. Nightblood eats souls. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and that's that's probably a slight spoiler because I think I think that that is going to be revealed at some point in the book, but it's not like. uh, I mean, based on what we've seen so far, it's pretty clear he was doing some kind of absorption thing and killing people. And he was like that one guy who touched it but didn't die from it had the color leached out of him, and color is tied to your soul in on this world. So, Mm. like, if we thought about it a bit, we probably could have jumped to that conclusion. Yeah. We could have had a jump to conclusions, Matt, moment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Office space reference. Nice. What about you, Jamie? What did you think about the, 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 the before this? Did you think that the, the breaths would work like that? I have a feeling that we kind of thought about it. We were sort of wondering if the return just didn't know that they had the breath. So maybe they didn't know. Mm. I don't know that I thought about it in exactly the same kind of concept, but if they need one a week, and the God King was getting two a week. I think we just assumed they were banking them, which banking. it kind of is really like he's, yep. he's got, he's got enough breath to keep going, but he's also then storing a bunch of breath. Like he can't do anything with it. He can't waken anything. It's like Siri made the comment earlier that, you know, they're calling me vessel. Like realistically, the God <laughs> King is just a vessel to hold on to all the breath. If he's getting two and he only needs one, well, he's constantly adding to the pile there. What's happening with that? I don't see why he couldn't use it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that it's logical. Although I appreciate what you said about uh, bringing back up the God King being a vessel thing, because it led me, it leads me to another thing I wanted to get y'all's opinion on, because he's talking about like, if I come out and, you know, reveal myself, everyone will listen to me basically because I'm the God King. They have to do what I say, but we've kind of established that the God King is really kind of just a vessel and maybe only the priests know that but the god king as far as we know has never come out and like commanded people to do things they have a system of government set up that we see it working here where the gods vote on stuff to decide so 
do you think they would even like listen? Is the God King allowed to just pop out and be a dictator and be like, no, this is what I want to do and circumvent the process of voting that exists in the government currently? Well, this is kind of exactly where we are, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. he that's exactly what he wants to do, but they know that that's what he wants to do, whether they're still spying on him or whether it's just coincidence that they've gone, cool, now's time to make everyone think that you're pregnant or whatever. But they've, they've stopped him from doing that. So mm-hmm. whether they know or they don't know, if if, if Superbron's been talking to some of his priests, because I think he mentioned that he had been mm-hmm. in discussions, well, you know, they're obviously intelligent people from what we can see, if not, you know, misguided but intelligent, they would stop him. If there's any chance that they believe that he's going to come out and, uh, you know, communicate to the rest of the returned or the priests or anything about what he actually wants, if these leaders want, want don't want that, they're not going to let that go. Sure. They've already cut out his tongue so he can't use anything. Like, <laughs> he can't use he can't uh, use the breath that he's got. Like, they're not going to let him come out and say something. Everything would be vetted. It's mm, a good point. It's one of those things, you know. We've got Vivenna, who's been kidnapped and doesn't even know it. Unfortunately, the same sort of thing. He doesn't even know that he's basically a prisoner just to keep all of their breaths. That's uh, true. Yeah. Aside, he didn't Hold know. I guess he kind of does now. Yeah. I don't. Any other opinions for you guys? Is, is, would the God King be able to overthrow his own government? I think that's kind of what Blushweaver's been preparing for. I, I, I think. She uh, it sounded like, at least originally, that her fears were not only about the princess, but about the fact that like their system of government would fall. And if she's got half the armies of the God King and she's changed the commands and stuff, it's like, yeah, he could break them if he had the ability to use his tongue. But he really doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how he would he would break them. You know, they always say, well, the God King could break your stuff pretty easily because he's got all this breath. But like, I don't think Susbron knows how to do it. And so whether she knows that or not, I think she's kind of been preparing for something like this to happen because she doesn't trust Siri. Hmm. And so I don't think it would go well. Okay. Yeah, they made the point. Yeah, she 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 mentions like, oh, like you. She said something to Light Song about, oh, yeah, the God King's got the codes. Oh, how reassuring. So it seems that <laughs> she's, really, she's really hedging her bets to strike out on her own there, oh, separate separate from the God King. That's yeah, true. Okay. Just curious there. All right, so there's going to be a general assembly in a couple of days, which we, we do see it's going to be to vote on the war. And so they come up with a plan. Siri's going to go and talk to Light Song and get the other gods to help, and then Sosabron's going to be, like, reveal to everyone that he has no tongue and they're going to go for it. And like all plans that you come out and discuss in depth before they happen, it doesn't work out. But they tried. Then we get what to me is kind of a weird scene in the next chapter of Vasher like hanging outside Vivenna's window on a, on an awakened rope to like what, spy on her practicing awakening. I, it is kind of weird and voyeuristic. But at the same time, right after this, we get a perspective from Vivenna that she like. She's not sure why she doesn't want him to watch, but she doesn't want him to watch. So, like, yeah. at that point, maybe he's aware of that. So he's like, I'll just watch her without her knowing. Yeah, that's fair. And she's attempting what seems to me like a fairly complicated awakening where she tries to awaken a piece of cloth to, like, crawl across the room, pick up a cup of water and bring it back. And it doesn't tell us, I don't think, what command she's trying to use. But, um, yeah, it seems like a pretty, like, not a simple one to me, at least. We There's an interesting little note in here that... 
Instinctive awakening, the ability to awaken objects without training or practice, was granted to those of the sixth heightening. So there's another uh, power that you get when you rise up in heightenings. You can just start being like, oh, I don't, I can just awaken things. Without, uh, I can figure these things out without having to practice or experiment. That, that'd be pretty nice. That was one step beyond even what the returned had with their single deific breath, which confirms a theory I think Joe had all the way at the beginning that they have like one breath that is different somehow that takes them up to the fifth heightening. Hmm. Yeah. Again, I think that was like all wrapped into my Vasher is a returned theory, which I'm which I think I got some credence for, which we'll talk about later. But this also explains, by the way, in case it wasn't clear why the returned die after a week if they don't get an extra breath and also why they can't awaken, even though they're of the fifth heightening, because they only have one breath. It's just like a super breath. So if they go through a week and don't get another breath, they consume that one breath, and then they die after that. They can't awaken because they only have one breath to use for awakening, and if they use it on something, they would die. Yeah. It's also it's also how they heal people by using the one like super breath and giving it out to, to heal someone, and that's why that kills them also. So they, they are returned with a single breath? Right. That's their deific breath, and then they feed off the breath of the children. Yeah, so it's like if you have two breaths – you consume that other breath first, but non-deific mm, breath. Yeah, but if all you have left is your one super breath, then you eat that one. Mm, super breath. <laughs> so breath sounds nicer. <laughs> yeah, it does. So my question, which you know may never may never be answered. You know, they can give their deific breath to to heal somebody. Can they give their deific breath away to someone? Whether that person be regular person or another returned, mm. like could a returned have two super breaths or could somebody become returned by being given a deific breath? That is an excellent question. Can you artificially create a returned by like sacrificing one return to make another one or a super breath? Also, the fifth heightening, do we know how many individual breaths is around the fifth heightening? Uh, it discussed it earlier. Let me hold on. Let me bring up the chart and I can tell you roughly it's not like an exact thing but roughly uh it takes uh the fifth heightening is about 2000 breaths so this oh, one okay. deific breath is equal to about 2000 yeah i was just interested because you know we get some we get some actual facts about nightblood's creation in this section mm-hmm. and you know he talks about how it takes a thousand breaths to 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 create something like nightblood and i was wondering oh i wonder if like he actually has like a deific breath and that's what created nightblood. That would have been interesting, but that doesn't sound like he needs that many breaths, but maybe, I, I don't know. He also says that you have to have be the, was it the ninth heightening to create, to awaken metal or stone. And according yeah, to the chart, it was ridiculously high. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. This chart says that's about 20,000 breaths. So creating geez. Yeah. Awakening metal or stone is real tough. Mm-hmm. So this, Sashara character had uh, a lot of breaths. And so eventually Vivenna does manage to get the cloth, do what she wants, and she's very pleased with herself. And we also get the note that Vasher has awakened this rope to, like, follow instructions that he, like, based on the number of taps that he makes on it, which also seems super complicated to me. That's like, awaken it to be like, when I tap you two times, lower me, but when I tap you three times, raise me. Yeah, it almost seems like he has, like, 
an exponential amount of like focus and brain power almost um it reminds me of kavoth kind of like the amount uh, of yeah the amount of brain power you have to have to kind of separate things in your mind and be able to uh to focus on them separately and he's got nightblood with him and nightblood's like i like her i'm glad we didn't kill her she's very pretty don't you think and vasher's like you, you can't tell he's like i can tell i've decided that i can tell and so Vasher comes in, and Joe's right. That there is this bit here where we switch to Vivenna's perspective, and she's like, "Why do I even care if he sees me practicing?" She's not sure, but she she cares. And so they're talking about what what are they gonna do? She was hoping that they could like spy on Denth and get the jump on him the next time he does something, but Denth has uh, vacated the uh, buildings that he used previously with her, so that's not gonna work. And Vasher's like, "Okay, let's go talk to more people." And she's like, "Look, that's I understand that." You know, these people can help, but I don't think that's enough. Like, we're not accomplishing enough by meeting with these people to actually try to stop Denth from starting this war. And so she suggests maybe we should meet with the priests. Like, the priests have power. They can get attention of their gods, right? And Vasher's like, "Eh, the priests are fickle. Even Nanrova switched sides on me. And she's like, wait, what? Who? Oh, he's the high priest of Stillmark? I thought he was solid. We met a few times, talked about his opposition to the war. And she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nanrova, we did something to that guy. And so we saw what we thought, what she thought was the robbery of a salt of a shop. They stole a bunch of salt from a guy, and that was supposed to undermine the war effort. And the carriage, they knocked off like over they knocked over the carriage and spilled a bunch of coins as a distraction. Well, the carriage belonged to Nanrova. And Denth was conspicuously not like she she didn't see what he was doing during this. So Maybe it wasn't a coincidence that this important opponent to the war, uh, that it was his carriage that got knocked over as a, quote, unquote, distraction. And so Vasher goes out to try to get some answers. And eventually, Vivenna does a little more introspection, which I feel like at this point, has Vivenna done anything but introspect for most of this book, quite honestly. But anyway. Yeah, it's like her superpower. (laughs) I, I think Jamie brought it up last time where she's like, man, it must be hard just like. This constant not being sure of yourself or whatever. I forget how she phrased it. Vasher bursts back in and her hand goes to her chest. And she's, he's like, you should start reaching for your sword when you're startled. There's little reason to grab your shirt unless you're planning to rip it off. And she's like, oh, she's embarrassed by this. But I like that line from it. It's pretty funny. So just, the, just imagine, imagining them about to just go, all right, grab the shirts. Ah! They all just hulk out, <laughs> run down the street. <laughs> we are here to breathe at things. And so it turns out that it was the the store that was the distraction from whatever they grabbed out of the carriage, something valuable, presumably, that caused Nanrova to switch sides, which we find out here in a minute was his daughter. And so Vasher is going to go and try to find these guys and figure out what they took and get it back. And he starts putting on these uh, these various clothes that we've seen him wear before, like the shirt with the sleeves that are like all ribbons or whatever, or at least near the wrist. They're like cut in long ribbons. And he he awakens it with, upon call, become my fingers and grip that which I must. And she's like, wait, wait, was that a command? That's way more complicated than any any command that I've ever heard. And he just goes, yeah, it's too complicated for you. Whatever. Shut up. (laughs) And then he does his pants, become my as my legs and give them strength. And so she doesn't argue with him, but she's just like she files these away. Like, okay, these could be useful commands. I'm going to try these. And that ticked to me because like one thing we've sort of forgotten throughout this book because it hasn't really come up a lot but she was the book smart princess like she memorized everything about you know logistics and uh, stuff stuff she could read about 
And so she's being being given information here, and it's like, I'm going to remember that. And we know she will, because she's got a great memory. So I'm like, oh, that's going to pay off later, and that's going to be fun, because that's what she does. She uses her knowledge once she has it and applies it, and when she does that, she's actually really good at the situation. So I'm like, ooh, ooh, I, 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 like, I like this. Let's, uh, let's, let's see where this goes. Yeah, maybe she's finally getting to play to her strengths a little bit. That's a good point. Yeah. He tells his cloak to protect me. And then he picks up Nightblade. He's like, are you coming? We're going to go capture some of those thieves and ask them some questions. And she's like, I mean, won't having it, me there just make it harder for you? And he's like, well, I mean, it depends. If we get in a fight and you get in my way, then it'll be more difficult. If we get into a fight and half of them attack you instead of me, it makes things easier for me. <laughs> Assuming you don't defend me. And he's like, no, that's a good assumption. Yeah. <laughs> don't expect me to. Uh, I'm not gonna. So uh... <laughs> at least he's honest. Yeah. And so she decides that she's going. And he's like, all right, fine. Put on your sword. And then he shows her how to hold the sword correctly. He still hasn't taught her anything about using it. And she's like, I mean, what does it matter if I can hold it right? And he's like, well, I mean, if you look threatening, some of the ones attacking you might pause. And he has her put her most of her breath away. You don't want to draw attention as they're going out to explore. So they go. And in my version of the book, uh, there are some some errors here where whenever Vasher talks in uh, in the next few pages, it has him as Denth instead. So in my book, all of a sudden it's like, let's go, <laughs> Denth said. And I was like, wait, what? When when did Denth come in? That changes the narrative <laughs> entirely. Right? Yeah. That would have been that so would... confusing. Yes. <laughs> so, so all of a sudden he pulled off his Mission Impossible style mask. Yeah. And it was Denth all along. That that would be really I like that that would be the, the twistiest twist of all, where she realizes Denth is a bad guy and that Vasher is a good guy, and then Vasher is actually Denth all along. Yeah, no. Like, what about the bits where we saw inside Vasher's heads? Um, they were a hallucination by the sword. What? <laughs> the more you try to explain this, the more confusing it gets. Right. Uh, so they they find the hideout, and Vasher knocks out the guards, but. They're too young. They're not. Uh, they need someone more important to question. So, but also, I, he says I can't use Nightblood. Uh, when he's done with the group, there's never anyone left to question. So Vasher makes some more little straw men, which Brandon wanted to bring back from that from the prologue to you know uh, bring us full circle here. And he tells them to find tunnels. And Ven is like, well, that's a more abstract command than he led me to believe was possible. And there, there, there's a little annotation here where Brandon mentions that he kind of regrets not having any, like, kind of normal level Awakeners in this book to show you kind of what the average person can do with Awakening. We have Vivenna, who's just learning and knows basically nothing about Awakening. And we have Vasher, who's, like, one of the best Awakeners ever. So he can do all this crazy shit that no one else would be able to do because of his experience and his study and stuff. And she can hardly do anything. So we don't get like the average dude. The one guy who can just make like the little drinking bird thing out of straw. <laughs> like that's, that's the only thing he can do. Like he can't do anything else. Um, one of the straw men like find like they, they start looking around and one of them starts jumping up and down indicating that, I guess it's found a tunnel and the other ones come over and also start to bounce. I love that. That's they can't talk. So that's how they let you know. And then he takes his breath back, apologizing to each one. And she's like, I mean, why would he apologize to them? And in the annotations, Brandon's like, I don't think even Vasher really knows why he does. Uh, but I think maybe some part of him after, you know, what, what has happened with Nightblood realizes that uh, awakening can create more than like mindless things. So 
So they sneak down into this place through this secret tunnel entrance, or which really probably supposed to be an exit, like a secret bolt hole, as he says. Secret tunnel <laughs> through the mountain. Can't let it go by without saying. Right? That's true. And I like that Vasher kind of stops and looks at everybody, and she can't see what's going on, so she, like, pokes him in the back to get him to move over so she can also see. And what they find is a cage with a little girl in it. And she's like, that's what they took. They took his daughter, which is pretty messed up. And uh, Vasher does not seem to take this uh, very well. Because once they notice him, like, like before, I guess, before they notice him, like, she looks at Vasher and she can tell how upset he is. And then she, like, she can see one of his eyes in in the glare of the light because they're in the darkness, but there's a little light. And it says she saw fury in that single lit eye. And when they spot them, Vasher says, get the child out. And then he just starts, like, beating the crap out of these guys. And so he's taking night blood and just, like, bashing them. And she can hear bones breaking as he's beating on these guys. What night blood was thinking throughout all this? He's probably, like, talking to Vasher, like, kill Wee! him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, yeah, okay. I like that. It's like, hey, 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 what are you doing? No, no, let them try and take me, damn it. I'm supposed to do this, not you. <laughs> and then we get a guy coming up behind, and this is the first time we get to see Vasher's cloak, like, do the protect me command. And so a guy comes up behind him to hit him, and the cloak just reaches out and grabs him long enough for Vasher to, like, swing around and bash him in the face. And on the other end of the room, Vivenna is trying to open this cage, which is locked, and she's like, ah, oh, crap, what do I do? And she pulls a little thread out, and she tries to awaken it to unlock things, but it doesn't really work. So then she got, she goes, she tries twist things, and that does work. The the thread, like, spins around in the lock and twists it, and it pops open. And the, the former locksmith in me just kind of went, oh, hello. <laughs> Wouldn't that be useful? Yeah. But the girl is uh, is too scared of Vivenna to come out of the cage yeah and then Vivenna looks over and Va- everyone is basically on the ground Vasher's beating the shit out of all of these guys it's his body's just strewn around and he's looking scary she says that he looks bigger taller broader of shoulders more threatening and she can hear mm. the voice it sounds distant but she can hear Nightblood being like draw me kill them and so yeah this yeah. is the section where it's like this is how he lost his breaths not long ago we got in one of these situations and lost his temper and just like pulled out night blood. Yeah. But yeah, the getting taller thing that makes me think somehow he like hides his abnormal stature. If he's returned, like he somehow found, Oh, was that one of the like, things you were saying supports your return? Yes. Today? That he's returned. Cause okay. he could somehow, he, she said he grows taller and like, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of repression of your deific breath that makes you not look returned. I don't know. Hmm. Good a theory as any to explain. I mean, that that that's my main thing. When you guys theorized at the beginning that he might be returned, I'm like, but he looks so different from the other return that we see. But yeah, I mean, if he can hide it somehow and change how he looks, then that would that would be an explanation. That makes sense because I had no clue what the hell was going on with this bit. <laughs> well, I mean, in a minute she's like, okay, he he doesn't look like that. Maybe it's probably just the lighting. So she's like, Vasher, the girl won't come out. You've defeated them. No need to draw the sword. And he kind of snaps out of uh, his rage. He's just like, colorless monsters. <laughs> you, but you, you hear Nightblood going, yes, yes, there is. Oh, yeah. Hello? <laughs> you totally need to draw me and kill them. <laughs> You're out there somewhere, beer baron, and I'll find you. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. 
Oh, it's a great moment. Uh, but uh, so Vasher comes over and the little girl goes right to him. No problem. And she's like, do you know her? And he's like, no. I mean, I, I knew he had kids. I never met any of them. And she said, well, then why did she come to you? And Vasher completely ignores that question. And we find out here in a minute. Also, the dogs like Vasher. Kids and dogs are just fans. One of the one of the uh, it's because he's got a lot of soul. (laughs) (laughs) One of the annotations I wanted to. So giving Vasher temper issues is a is part of a minor quest on my part to find more realistic conflicts and personality traits for my characters. It seems that much of the time, the flaw that writers give their heroes are really just backhanded talents. A hero is too bold or too much of a bookworm. I'm as guilty as anybody. Series character flaws are an example. Which, pause for a second, I guess series flaws are that she's like too, I mean, flighty might be the right word. I don't know, she, she doesn't care she's, enough. Yeah, she does Yeah. Right, yeah. But like that ends up being a good thing in this instance because that's what. It, it ends up working needed. out for her, that's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I get what he's saying there. I think he's overlooking the fact that the flaws that the heroes have in a lot of these situations that are backhanded things. Like their flaws insofar as their regular lives, and then but then they get put in situations where those flaws, like a, a very remote situation where those flaws actually become a benefit. It's like if they mm. if they weren't put in that specific situation, their flaws would have been flaws their whole life. But for plot reasons, they wound up somewhere where those flaws actually were good. So yeah, that's fair. He says it's a tough balance. Real people tend to have flaws that make them. Well, unlikable sometimes, or at least difficult to get along with. We get grumpy, we make bad decisions, we say things we don't mean. It's hard to convey this in a story without making the characters unlikable. Which, I think that is a complaint that I've heard, that people are like, I don't really like Vasher, he's kind of a jerk. But uh, that's kind of the point of his character, is he's, Brandon's trying to make somebody who's like, he's not that much of a people person. Also, like, yeah. he's really not that much of a jerk once you understand what's going on. Yeah. Like, do you mean he's a jerk because he's not nice to Vivenna? Like, why why should he be? Rude and coarse, I think, in general. Yeah, yeah. But, like, why should... I was going to say, it's, like, more a general coarseness, probably. Like, he's not polite, uh, even to people that he does like, I think, so... I mean, I guess, but, again, why should he be? Yeah. We We don't know what his, like, complete history is. Like, maybe he has good reason to treat people that way, to keep them at a distance. Yeah. Could be. I mean, he does apologize for it, so at least there's that. Like he's self-aware enough to be like, mm. "Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, um, I, I lose my temper sometimes. Uh, I'm not very good at like talking to people. It's like this is why I didn't want to talk to you because I'm not good at it. <laughs> but good with kids. So there's that. So they take this little girl back to her, the mansion where she lives, and he goes, "Child, I'm going to say some words. I want you to repeat them. Repeat them and mean them." And he makes Vivenna back off. Like, you're not allowed to hear this part. And what Vivenna can see with her, like, she's got some of her breath back in her. And she says the girl's biochromatic aura, the normal one that all people have, flickers slightly. And she says, Denth told me it was all or nothing. You have to give away all the breath you hold. You can't give away part of a breath for sure. Denth, it had been proven in other instances, was also a liar. (laughs) But whatever Vasher does here, Vivenna infers i don't i don't know that we can know that for certain but she infers that the he's made this girl forget what happened her experience the experience that she's had the last like two months because where she was terrified and wouldn't talk now she's kind of chatty and normal it's like where's daddy 
I'm dirty. Mommy doesn't like it when I get dirty. This dress is dirty, too. Are we going home? Where have we been? It's late. I shouldn't be out. Who's that woman? So, yeah, she. uh, That's not something we would know of an awakener, though, right? That definitely took me by surprise. No, we've never seen anything even hinting that something like that's possible. He's done the men in black thing, wipe their memory. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he did, cool. Because, you know, getting rid of her horribly traumatic two-month experience is going to be a huge benefit for her, I think. But, uh, yeah, that's... Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not I'm not concerned that he did that. I think that was probably the right thing to do in this situation. I'm just... How did he do that? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> and I guess that's the point, but what? Yeah, it's real weird. I agree. So they go in, and there's these guard dogs that start barking until they get close to Vasher, and they're like, oh, hey, this guy's cool. And they start trying to lick him and hopping up on him. Although she does note that they're avoiding night blood, I think. <laughs> so dogs don't like night blood. I don't blame them. And the guy comes out in his like nightgown or whatever. And he's like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Why did you bring her back? And Vasher's like, the men who have who took her have been punished. That's all that should matter. Wait, do I know you? And he's like, yeah, we met. I asked you to argue against the war. And he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, not that you needed to encourage me. I was going to do that anyway. But then they took her and they said that I had to stop or they'd kill her. Mm. And uh, Vasher goes, take your child, keep her safe and make certain this kingdom doesn't use its lifeless for a slaughter. And then they leave. And Ven is like, how'd you make the dogs dog stop barking? And he does not respond to that. either. But what he does tell her is that you've redeemed yourself. Denth would have kidnapped that girl even without you. And I wouldn't have been able to find her and get her home. So like this makes up for the, the stuff that you did, the bad stuff that you helped Denth do. And Joe's right. He does say, like, I'm sorry I lost my temper. A warrior's supposed to be calm. When you duel, you can't let anger control you. That's why I've never been a very good duelist. And then she kind of, like, looks down on uh, this priest for being so rich. And Vasher's like, um, actually, you know, his dad was super wealthy. And he dedicated him his life to serving the gods out of gratitude for the blessings of his family. He does not get paid. And she's like, oh, maybe I should stop judging people like I've just been thinking about for the last several chapters. Old habits die hard. Yeah, no joke. And then she's like, he's a good man, or at least an earnest man trying to be good. And yes, I know I'm making another judgment, but, you know, I, you can't go through life without making judgments. So, And then we cut to Blushweaver and Lightsong, who are bantering again. Uh, they've each got 20,000 lifeless under their control. They, they're in charge of the army. And uh, there's a note here in the annotation that says, Lightsong wonders if maybe he was a prude in his former life. I can answer this. He was indeed. That's why he's always so critical of Blush Weaver's clothing choices. That and the fact that he's in love with her and feels a little jealous at how flagrantly she shows her body and attracts the attention of so many men. These are little things. He wouldn't even mention them to others, but he does feel them. So I, there you go. In case it was not clear to you, uh, he is kind of in love with mm. her. Boo, she's the worst. <laughs> yes. Come yeah, on, Watson. Yeah, you could do better, man. <laughs> And so, yeah, they're they're they have a long kind of going back and forth, like, you know, joking like they always do. But I, I don't know about you guys, but it feels kind of forced in this section to me. Like things are coming to a head and I don't think they're as like, mm-hmm. laid back and simple as they were, you know, back at the beginning when they were doing this. Right. Yeah. And I think that's by design. It's like she always which I think she kind of says here. She always knew that he was she always saw him this certain way. And when he got the other codes, she knew that was going to put them at odds because he wasn't just going to go along with whatever she said, which she 
that's part of the reason she respects him, but I think that's also part of the reason she's upset with him and uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't see eye to eye with him because she's like, I, I think this way and you don't think that way. And, but, you know, I still feel this way about you. It's a whole, it's real, it's real high school. It's real high school. <laughs> yeah. Being in charge of armies of uh, zombies. Yeah. So oh, that wasn't, my, uh, that, wasn't that was my high school experience. experience. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was. Okay, good. <laughs> I was about to say we went to the same high school, so I feel like it should have been the same as your experience. But uh, let's see. I do. I do feel like considering the other storylines are all heating up and sh- and shits going down in them, this one does sort of feel like they're still just bantering with each other. Where's the progression here? Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know if maybe the progression is that like this feels forced. This isn't the same as it was. Things have changed. Like we're not. Yeah, this, maybe we're not. Like things aren't the same between us. No one's going to say it to each other, but they can feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I'm not going to go through their banter because it's just this, a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> Ridiculousness. But uh, Light Song does... Uh, like Only a matchless group of idiots would give me control of their armies. She's like, well, they trust you. They're lazy. They want others to make the difficult decisions. We're all locked in here, expected to spend our time in idleness and pleasure. And then we're supposed to know what's best for our country. That, that's actually a really good point, I feel like. As as with many things, made me think of Futurama when they're picking the pharaoh on the wall of prophecy. Free us from thought and responsibility. <laughs> We're dumb. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> One of the Remember greatest bits. me. <laughs> Too exact, if you ask me. <laughs> And then she gets kind of real for a second. She's like, there's one thing that you said that's true. You are wonderful. And then she goes, you're not going to give me your command phrases, are you? And he shakes his head. I brought you into this. You always talk about being useless, but we all know that you're one of the few who goes through every picture, sculpture, and tapestry in the gallery, listens to all the poems and songs, listens most deeply to the pleas of his petitioners, which I don't know that we knew that. I don't – yeah, all of the things she was saying – in this section, I'm like, are you sure you know what you're talking about? <laughs> not not to throw shade at Light Song, but it just it isn't the image. Of course, most of the perspective we get of him is in his own head. So if he's yeah. that self-deprecating, maybe we don't see it. But like most of the image we get from him is like he only does it because Larimar's like, hey, you have to do this. Like it doesn't seem like he well, really it's... is making the choice to do it. Maybe it's just a terrible reflection on every other one of the returned. Right. Maybe maybe he yeah. is the most interested, and the rest of them are just really awful. Which that's which is kind of funny because like she's talking about how this is like you're so wonderful because you do all these things, and and he just goes, y- you could do them too. She's like, oh no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you do the things that we're supposed to do. You're the only one who does them apparently. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. like the the person saying that could also do themselves do yep. it themselves and doesn't like what. <laughs> Yeah, and also like we get we get a glimpse of a of a god who's far better at listening and caring for their people through petitions than Light Song, which yeah. I know she said you're one of the best or the one of the ones who does the most, but like clearly he's not that great. I think we get the impression that that was like a new thing that All Mother was doing. She's like, we all used to do this, and now I'm going to do this. So. Mm. Maybe that's just not her historical approach. I guess. But, like, yeah, it just, I don't know. The, this particular sentiment from her, I'm like, either she's so clueless about what the other gods do, or the other gods are just so much worse at it than even Light Song. Because, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like Light Song 
does that mm. much. It's literally like Laramar's like, yeah, you're supposed to do this. He's like, okay, I'll do it. I kind of assume that it's what Jamie said, that it's just like all the other gods really do suck that much. But it's it, there's another possibility. She could just be buttering him up more to try to get him to go along with her. I guess, but this seemed like the only real moment between them. So if that was the case, that like that makes her character even worse. Like, you yeah. know, it just doesn't there's it makes it gives her almost no rede- redemption, right? It's like there's not even a, a true affection there. It's all it's all part of the game for her, which that would if that's that's true, that's that really sucks. Well, yeah, I can't I can't see that being true considering earlier she went out of her way to give shit to Siri about it to stick up for Light Song there. It's true. Mm-hmm. She had like she, really she hadn't I don't think she really had anything to gain by doing that. So she did that because she generally does believe in Light Song on some level, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah, either that or she's just jealous, which yeah, well, could be, but yeah, but I mean, she didn't have to say the things that she said to Siri. You know, she could be jealous and be like, stay away from my man or I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut a bitch. She, I mean, she's like, he's one of the best and you're not going to corrupt him. Like, the, if she's just jealous, she didn't have to say it that way if she didn't believe those things. I, I think she makes another good point where she's like, can't you see how you inadvertently set yourself above everyone else? Like, you insult all of them and, like, point out things. It's like, you make us laugh even while you insult us, and basically you're pointing out the truth, the frivolity of all of this. So in doing that, you're the only one who's showing any wisdom. You're the only one who recognizes how ridiculous this is, and you don't keep that shit to yourself. You you tell everybody. So that's why all these people are respecting you because of, of, uh, of the way that you act. And she's like, that's dumb. I knew you might resist me, but I thought I'd be able to influence you anyway. And he's like, well, I mean, you did influence me. You are the one who got me involved in all of this. I can't decide which feeling for you is stronger, Light Song, my love or my frustration. He's like, I accept them both with honor. And then he goes off to sit in his box. And so Siri is making her way down to the same place where Light Song is so that she can, you know, initiate the plan to get Light Song on their side. And some priests show up. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. It's been decided that you shouldn't be exerting yourself while in your condition. She's like, what? What are you, my condition? What the fuck are you talking about? The child vessel. We can't risk danger to it. <laughs> Bullshit. And this is when she realizes how stupid she's been. They theorized that there was like a new returned infant out there somewhere and that they were going to secretly replace the God King with this infant. She doesn't need to actually be pregnant if that's the case. People just have to think that she had a child. So, uh, yeah, they can put they can lock her away and tell everyone she's pregnant and eventually bring this baby in and be like, yeah, this is the baby she had. And they could even be like, oh, she died in childbirth. How sad. Yeah, that didn't even occur to me that that would be a thing. They just didn't have to make people think it's plausible. Yeah, I was right there with theory. I really didn't think that was a possibility. It makes a lot of sense now, but yep. not where my brain was. For what it's worth, me either. I was also surprised when I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this? And there's like, come on, it, it, this, this is for your own good. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure it is. Meanwhile, Vivenna and uh, Vasher are in the crowd. And it's a very large crowd at this uh, conclave of the gods here where they're going to vote. Because the vote is so important, people have saved their entry chip for something like this where all the gods show up. 
And De- or, uh, Vasher has gone around to see if Denth is here, see if he can spot him. We know from a, a later chapter that Denth and Tong Fa have been hiding out in the palace for like two weeks or something waiting for Vasher to show up. So I guess that's where he is now. Not at this thing. And Nanrova, who we met, is down arguing against the war. But Vasher points out that at this point he's changed his mind twice on the same issue. So no one is really paying any attention to him anymore. And he hasn't explained, you know, that people kidnapped his kid to get him to change his opinion because that would make him look real bad and weak and can't necessarily afford that. And Vivenna has forced Vasher to leave Nightblood behind when they come here because it's very uh, suspicious carrying this giant black sword, very noticeable. And Vasher's uncomfortable. He's like, I don't like leaving Nightblood alone for too long. He's like, what's he going to do? We locked him in a closet. And eventually Vasher has to concede that she's right. It's too conspicuous to have the sword, but he just, he still doesn't like it. I've never, I've just never been good at being unobtrusive. Denth used to make fun of me for that, too. She's like, wait, you guys were friends? And he once again does not want to answer that question. And the God King ha- is the last one, hasn't showed up for the, the meeting. So he's like, I'm going to go find out. Why not? And he comes back a few minutes later. He's like, congratulations, you're going to be an aunt. He's like, what are you? <gasps> Siri? And so she's like, I can't, Siri's pregnant? I cannot believe this. Dr. Venture is pregnant? <laughs> are you pregnant? And this is where we finally come back around to the reason that she supposedly came here in the first place, where she's like, Vasher, we have to rescue my sister. You could have done oh, yeah. it before she got knocked up, but whatever. I, I forgot all about that. Parlin's dead now, so he wasn't around to keep reminding her. Aren't we here to save Siri? Yeah, yeah, true. And she says, I thought protecting to protect her by ending the war, but if your hunch is right, then the God King himself is the one who wants to invade Idris, and Siri won't be safe with him. Which I guess that just shows that Vasher has no idea what the hell he's talking about either, if that's his hunch. And he's like, okay, I'll do what I can. And now the priests are all going back to their gods to get votes on what we should do about this war. And like we come back to Light Song, who's watching all of this stuff happen. Everyone's gonna the gods are gonna vote through their priests, and that will become the will of Halandrin. Only the God King could veto a decision by the Volpantheon. So I guess he does have some official power within the government based on that. Well, that's what the priests tell people, but then well, yeah. Tr- Trilogy's come out and say, he totally told me to fuck y'all, we're going to war. <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> he <laughs> did, personally did the... told me to uh, fuck your mothers while you watch and cry like little bitches. Oh. <laughs> did, did the God King really flip the bird at everyone like that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. He, I don't know what to tell you. He's crazy. He, he, he flipped that bird so high. You can believe it. He's like, he's got super god powers, you know? So it was like all shiny. His finger was all shiny. It was really cool. You should have been Obser- there. Observe the divine middle finger. <laughs> In all it's its shirt. glory. <laughs> Observe the divine middle finger. Now, like, Light Song's a little bit, like, internally pissy about the God King not showing up. Like, so self-congratulatory on spawning a child he couldn't even bother with the future of his people. I'd hoped he was better than that. <laughs> all right, Light Song. Calm down, bro. Like you've never spoken to him, so yeah. like how would how would you know what he's like? <laughs> and so Laramar comes up, please favor us with your will, Light Song, my God. And Light Song just doesn't say anything. And so Laramar has to try again. Give me the knowledge I seek. Should we go to war? I, I love I love it how you could read this in a couple of ways. You could be like, oh God, <laughs> please give me the knowledge we seek. Or if you know a little bit about Laramar and Light Song, it could be. Oh, God, please give me the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sitting here waiting for knowledge. 
that I know uh, is, you know, iffy at best. I feel like I feel like it's it's got to be more of the first because Light Tongue even thinks like this guy should be annoyed with me when he's not answering. He's like, what does it take to get this guy pissed off? I know, I know. I just like to amuse myself. So it's green. The, the priests come back carrying flags. Green in this case means go to war. Red means no. And from the very beginning, from the first seven people that come back already, green is winning by a considerable margin. And Light Song's like, I mean, they're voting, but. What do their votes even matter? They don't actually have any authority over the army. I'm the me and Blushweaver, the only ones who get a say in whether the army moves at all. And so he just strolls over to Blushweaver, who is has also not sent her answer back, but he thinks it's more that she likes the drama. And so she says, "Are you going to make your will known?" And he's like, "I mean, if I if I resist, the declaration of war will be for naught. Doesn't matter how they vote if uh, I don't allow my lifeless to 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 walk to march rather." You would defy the will of the Pantheon? Well, it's my right, just as any of them have the same right. I Just because I, she says, you have the lifeless, though. And he's like, that doesn't mean I have to do what I'm told. And so Blushweaver sends her priest down, also with a green flag for going to war, which she spent the whole book telling us she doesn't want war. She just wants them to be prepared in case. And now she's voting for, yes, let's go to war. And he realizes that, like, commanding half of the troops, she's going to be, like, one of the most important people she might come out of this war as the most powerful returned in the history of the kingdom. And so could I, for that matter. And he's just, he's thinking, and then he goes, you know what? I don't know. I need more time. And he turns and starts to leave. And she's like, what about the vote? Light song, you can't leave us hanging like this. And he's like, actually, I can. I'm frustrating <laughs> like that. <laughs> that was an amazing move. I loved it. Oh, such a power move. It's great. Yeah, yep. that, was, that was pretty good. So I don't if if he doesn't vote, do they just go? Yeah, green one. We're declaring war, but we can't move. Or does everybody? Do all the gods actually have to vote before they final? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's a weird thing. You, you assume like, oh, we got a majority, so we can go to war. Yeah, but yeah. half the army's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You, you you see half the lifeless dragging the other half behind. It's like, yeah, hey, maybe they'll wake up on the way. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good picture maybe they just pick them up and like carry them over their heads <laughs> the lifeless piggybacking each other the whole yeah. way that's cinematic <laughs> yeah right that, that would look interesting on t uh okay so we cut to chapter 51 our last chapter is um we're back to nightblood and vasher <laughs> nightblood's like i'm glad you came back for me it was very lonely in that closet i don't like the darkness and he's Darkness, Vasher's like, you mean darkness like now? Because it's night outside. And he's like, no, in the closet. You can't even see. A person knows when they're in darkness, even when they can't see it. And he, they're sitting there, like, looking at Light Song's palace after what just happened during today. And Nightbull's like, you shouldn't ignore me. I don't like it. We're going to kill him, aren't we? You, we should kill him. Come on, we should do it. We we really should do it. The most he's condescending like, and mocking of the gods. I'm like... Uh, mm, okay, I can see how they got there. Yeah. And Nightblood says he's evil. And Vasher's like, you don't even know what that is. And it, it says that was the crux of the problem, the issue that had dominated most of Vasher's life. It had taken a thousand breaths to awaken an object of steel and give it sentience. Even Shashara hadn't fully understood the process, though she first devised it. Nightblood should not be alive, and yet he was. Shashara had been spurred on by the knowledge that she'd been shown up by Yes Steel and the development of Icker alcohol. 
So she'd studied, experimented, practiced, and she'd done it. She'd learned to forge the breath of a thousand people into a piece of steel. She and Vasher had spent much time in thought, and they'd chosen a simple yet elegant command, destroy evil. Only they had not foreseen that there was no way for Nightblood to know what evil was, given that it had never been alive. And Nightblood's like, I'm figuring out. I've had a lot of practice. Ah, that old chestnut. What is evil? It's Robot Santa all over again, I tell you. Well, yeah. And so Nightblood tries to argue it's like, that Light Song, the god in there, he's evil because he has the power to start a war, and we don't want the war to start. So he's going to do what we don't, what you don't want him to do. That makes him evil. Let's kill him. Mm. You told me That's war is like, bad. I, again, it's all, you know, again, the theme is pretty heavy handed. It's like it's all about perspective. It's like everything yeah. that opposes me or the guy I'm with is evil. Like if Venice starts hefting Nightblood around, are all Hellendron people evil? Like, you know, it's just like, what is, what is it? Yeah. And that's when you realize Nightblood is Tom Cruise at the start of Minority Report. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Um, but Nightblood, the one-man pre-crime division. I like when Va- when Vasher finally says, no, we're not going to kill Lightsong, Nightblood's like, you locked me in a closet, you should apologize. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to apologize by killing someone. Let me just throw me in there. If he's evil, he'll kill himself. And Vasher's like, oh, geez, this sword's getting more and more subtle every year. He says, though Vasher knew he was just imagining things, projecting, awakened objects did not change or grow. They simply were what they were. That's the point where I was going to start reading this. And this is a very mm. long annotation, so bear with me here. Brandon says, note that Nightblood is more capable of change than Vasher assumes. Vasher has a bit of a blind spot when it comes to Nightblood. He makes assumptions that he wouldn't make regarding other people or elements of awakening. It's hard for him to regard the sword without bias. If you want to know more about this, Read the sequel, uh, if I ever write it, which is tentatively named Nightblood. Ooh. And then he says, anyway, Nightblood is named for the smoke that he leaks. And he originally Mm. had a different name when he was created. Vasher himself dubbed the sword Nightblood. The blackness that leaks out is actually corrupted and consumed breaths. And then uh, it says, I didn't want Nightblood to come across as a one ring knockoff. He doesn't turn people's hearts or corrupt them. However, in order to be able to do his job and fulfill his command, he needed the ability to determine who is good and who is evil. This, of course, isn't an easy thing to determine. In fact, I don't think it's a black or white issue for most people. When Nightblood was was created, the breaths infused in him did their best to interpret the command. What they decided was evil was someone who would try to take the sword and use it for evil purposes, selling it, manipulating and exhorting others, that kind of thing. Someone who wouldn't want the sword for those reasons was determined to be good. If they touch the weapon, they feel sick. So that's good people. That's why Vivenna feels sick after touching the weapon. If others touch the weapon, their desire to kill and destroy with it is greatly enhanced. Nightblood himself, unfortunately, doesn't quite understand what good and evil are. However, he knows that his master can determine who is good and who is evil, using the sword's power to make people sick or through other means. So he pretty much just lets whoever's holding him decide what is evil. And if the one holding him the sword determines deep within their heart that they are evil themselves, they will end up killing themselves with the sword, which is what we have repeatedly seen, where they kill everybody else and then end up killing themselves because they believe deep down that they are evil. This is some like Egyptian scales of the underworld kind of st- kind of stuff here. Yeah, a little bit, except that it's very, as Joe pointed out, is very uh, dependent on your perspective. Yeah, true. And so that's a, a little bit of uh, the background or a further explanation on how Nightblood works. Which is uh, 
part of that was from an earlier scene. And I was like, I didn't want to talk about it until we got to the point where it explains that he was awakened. And with this command, because without that, I don't feel like it makes as much sense. You know, the thing I took out of a lot of that is the fact that the sequel is tentatively called Nightblood. So guess who's surviving the book? <laughs> Maybe. Could be a prequel sequel. The sword. <laughs> oh, speaking of names, just a fun fact for you guys that Brandon sort of announced not too long ago. The working title for Era 3 of Mistborn, just like the overall uh, for the, 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 the next Mistborn trilogy, is The Ghostbloods. Ooh. So Ooh, yeah. we know about that. We know those Ooh, guys. Yeah, me too. So yeah, I just I, I heard that the other day and so thought you guys would be interested. Nightblood says you don't like killing returns. You're afraid of them. And Vasher thinks the sword's wrong, of course. But on the outside, Vasher supposed his hesitation did look like fear. It had been a long time since he dealt with the returned. Too many memories, too much pain. So instead, he makes his way to the God King's palace. And he thinks that once this palace had been a seaside outpost overlooking the bay, no city, no colors, just a stark black tower. And it amused him that they had become the home of the God King of the iridescent tones. And like he awakens the, the rope belt that he uses with the command, climb things, then grab things, then pull me up. Three commands in one waking, awakening a difficult task for some, for him, as simple as blinking. So that, that, that's cool. The rope can just go up there on its own and then pull you up. That's very useful. And Nightblood's like, who are we going to kill? And Vasher's like, it's not always about killing somebody. And then he's like, is Vivena, is she in here? And so the sword can hear his thoughts, but it's hard to interpret when it's just like fleeting thoughts. So he's thinking a little bit about Vivena in connection with why they're actually here to rescue Siri. And Nightblood just picks up on the Vivena piece. Where is she? Is she here? She doesn't like me, but I like her. She's nice and she's pretty. You don't like, have eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Nightblood doesn't really know what those words mean, but he just, like, learned to use them. But the sword did have opinions, and it rarely lied, so it must really like Vivenna, even if it couldn't explain why. And then Nightblood says, she reminds me of a return. And he goes, oh, that makes sense. She's descended from one. You can tell by the hair. There's a bit of returned in her. So there's a piece of explanation of the hair. I mean, he says you can tell by the hair that she's got some returned in her, so that must be why... That's uh, the hair that's thing. So we know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of it. Although the the thing that he said in the other annotation about it being passed only if you're in line for the throne doesn't mm-hmm. make sense if it's genetic. Yeah. Uh, to me, at least. Uh, but like, yeah, we know based on Hoyt's story that and what Vasher has said in the past that they're descended from a returned, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hoyd Hoyd told us about that. I don't remember if Hoyd connected it to the hair, which is why I pointed it out here because it was like. It's like, oh, yeah, that's how you know, because of the hair. And so Nightblood's like, oh, that's who we're after. You're rescuing Vivenna's sister. You like Vivenna, too. And Vasher's like, nonsense. Her sister, the queen, is somehow the key to all this. As soon as she arrived, the real move to start war surged. At the very least, she's going to make a handy hostage for the Landrans, so we're going to get her out of here. <laughs> you don't know her dad that well. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why she's sent, because she won't. <laughs> that's sad. It is, right? Like, man, we haven't seen that guy since the start of the book, but we will always have that ammo. I mean, I don't. I, at this point, we may not see him. Yeah, that well, may have true. been the only experience we have with this guy. Yeah. And so Vasher sneaks in and finds, like, a maid and grabs her. And he's like, tell me where the queen is. And she tells him the southern corner of this floor. And then he ties her up and leaves her. 
Like, you won't kill a god who plans to march his armies to war, but you'll nearly choke a young woman to death. And I like Vasher thinks it's like Nightblood asks this, but it like it doesn't have the accusation that a human would have put into it. Nightblood is actually just asking a question. Like, I don't understand what the difference here. Well, I think the, the, the thing I picked up from this is like just from what you were saying about in the annotations about it. He held the sword against her cheek and then she vomited. And I didn't quite catch that. But now now that you've described all of Nightblood's attributes and like, oh, so this maid is actually pure of heart yep. or something because she vomited rather than getting tempted by the sword. So and True this, this, so this poor maid deserved better. <laughs> so Vasher's just like, look, I don't understand my morality either. So just just don't confuse yourself. And so he finds the door to the room that is supposedly serious. At least that's what the maid told him. And there's a bunch of soldiers guarding it. And he's like, oh, this is OK. That's, I, he didn't exactly expect this. And he, so he, he plans and thinks for a minute. And then he's like, all right, I'll just throw night blood in there and see what happens. <laughs> Well, this has always worked before. Yep. Except while they start fighting over Nightblood, something grabs him from behind. It is an awakened rope, and he pulls out a knife and cuts it. But then somebody tackles him, and a bunch more dudes have come out of the other rooms after the fight starts around Nightblood. And uh, he, he grabs a cloak and goes, grab things other than me, and throws it at a dude <laughs> so that it grabs him. And then uh, more, like, dozens of guys are coming out, and they just, they basically, you know, jump him and hold him down and... Don't let him talk to awaken more things. And eventually, after the fighting is done, Denth walks out. My good friend, very good to see you. Vasher spits, and he's like, still as eloquent as ever I see. You know the best thing about you, Vasher? You're solid, predictable. Guess I am too, in a way. Hard to live as long as we have without falling into patterns, eh? Yeah, like that fucking speech pattern, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, that explains it right there. He's like, yeah, we fall into patterns. The the one more annotation I had was this scene, the fight with, like, the awakened ropes and stuff. He says, there are small hints in this scene about what it was like during the many war with people awakening ropes to toss boulders and things like that. It was a pretty dramatic conflict. The first one where lifeless and awakeners were put to a great deal of use in battle. So, yeah, fun little note. Now, now just imagine, like, wild. ropes as catapults just chucking boulders at the other side. A bunch of guys died. Like, Vasher feels good about the fact that he took down, like, a dozen guys, probably between him and Nightblood, before uh, they got him stopped. And Denth's just like, mercenaries. No risk too great, assuming the pay is right. And you were always to be my payment, Vasher. I owe you for Shashara, even still. We've been hiding here, waiting for two weeks, knowing that eventually Vivenna would send you to save her sister. And here comes Tonkfa. He's got Nightblood wrapped up in a blanket. And Denth is like, just throw that out, out somewhere far away. And Tonkfa's like, I don't know, Denth. I kind of think we should keep it. It could be very useful. And you can see the beginning of that lust showing in his eyes. So Denth just, like, smacks him in the back of the head. Ow! Stop whining. I just saved your life. Go check on the queen and then clean up this mess. I'll take care of the sword. You always get so nasty when Vasher's around. Like, Tonkfa, the sadist who likes, like, giving things and people pain just for fun. And, uh... He's like, oh, Denth, you always get nasty when Vasher's around. Pouting, oh, yeah, he got slapped. He, he can dish it out, but he can't take it. Yeah, exactly. And for a minute, Vasher's like, maybe Denth will, like, you know, get taken in by Nightblood. But no, he's too strong-willed, and he has nearly as much history with the sword as Vasher does. Take away all his awakened clothing and then hang up in the room over there. He and I are going to have a long talk about what he did to my sister. And that's the end of our chapters. Denth got very mustache twirly right there. A little bit, yep. Maybe we're finally seeing the real Denth that we've never really seen before. 
So there we go. We have officially, I'm going to say again, entered into Sanderlanch territory. Things are happening. Vasher's been captured. Things are coming to a head on all fronts here. So what do you guys think? Let's do predicaments. What is going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I came, I came out pretty bold last week. I think, I think that Siri's in some real trouble. I don't know how things are going to play out with Denth and Vasher in here. If we're going to sort of the prediction that maybe Vivenna would become a returned, I would assume she's going to have to make her way to the God King's Palace now, maybe when Vasha doesn't come back at an agreed time or something. I feel like she'll probably come after him. It'd be good to see her maybe put some of her new skills to the test, especially if she's pretty good instinctively. It'd be interesting to see what she could do in a in a bit of a fight. Yeah, I I don't know that Susabron will make it out. I don't really know how he could still remain the head. I feel like the whole thing has to collapse from here. The whole having a figurehead and the the priests running the show. I think it mm. kind of has to be the the end of an era and the start of a new era. I have a feeling that maybe like Light Song will will actually give his breath away. I can't imagine him wanting to keep going after all of this and and be involved. And just that there's a lot of talk about, you know, it's been so long since someone gave up their breath for somebody and why even bring all of that up if you're not going to do anything with it. So Light Song might not make it out. I think Vivenna will maybe die and be returned. Or maybe you can give your deific breath to somebody and make them a returned or I, I don't know, not sure how you would choose that. Maybe that would be interesting to see if they come across that way. I was kind of piecing it together from your comments in the annotations and then what we read in the book. Maybe Vasha is one of the five, is it the five scholars or the five, whatever they were. Yeah, five scholars is what... It is five scholars, yeah. Yeah. We've had Vivenna make comments on that before, that he's clearly studied everything and and the fact that Shashara was one of them. I think that's what you said in the annotations. I remember if it said that she was one of the five scholars. Or she'd done a lot of research. I think in the story it said that Shashara was a a genius at coming up with these things better than even he was and Mm. that... She was upset because Yes Steel developed Icar alcohol and beat her to it, oh, so she had to right. do something even better. And that's Dent right, said yeah. that, that was that was developed by a, one of the scholars, didn't he? One of the scholars, yeah. I think that's where I linked that together, so that maybe like three of them are three of the five. It would explain how they know so much and how like Vasher is still so good at what he's done, and we we believe he's been around for a really long time. So I I reckon that maybe he is one of the five. How the story is going to wrap it, I don't know. I think Siri's still in trouble. I still would kind of like to see the the, the Pancal uh, backstabbing thing come to fruition. I think that was probably a good good prediction earlier from the guys. But we still like we still don't really know who's orchestrating all of this. Mm-hmm. You know whether whether Denth is orchestrating it or is kind of. Uh, He's been hired by someone to orchestrate it, but he's going to take out his personal feelings on Vasha. Yeah, I mean, he says yeah. in this scene that, like, you were always going to be my payment, Vasher, which definitely makes it sound like he's not in charge well, here. He's true. being yeah. paid. Yeah. He's being paid. Vasher's the payoff there. So, yeah, okay, then that's not really a bold prediction at all. I was thinking about it, and I don't know if we get an answer to it in the book, but 
maybe given the, the nature of the crew and that Arsteel was part of the crew, that he got a hold of Nightblood and maybe Nightblood killed him rather than it being Bash's swordsmanship. Mm. I don't know whether we ever had it confirmed that Nightblood killed him or if he was killed. Because they said Basher killed him. Yeah, and that's... Basher, I in... think, admits that, yes, we killed him, but I don't know whether it was Nightblood or if it was Basher. Yeah, I think that was the... Th- well, okay, so... Denth keeps arguing Vasher couldn't have killed Arsteel mm. in a duel. And then somebody said, like Tongfar, somebody's like, maybe he used that sword. And then somebody else was like, no, there were no, no like black marks in the wound or whatever. Uh, okay. Not that bit. Never mind. Selective memory. Remembering. <laughs> so still, still not sure how it happened. <laughs> still not sure. I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be more to that story. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if we'll ever get the end to that. And the answers to that, but I don't know. There's so many things, and we always get to this point in the book. There's so much, and I still am a bit concerned about how it's going to wrap up in two weeks worth of reading. But <laughs> isn't that always the mystery? It always is. We always get to this point, and I'm like, I actually have no idea what's going on anymore. There's so much. I don't know how it's going to all come together. I, I will add one thing that may or may not, or that may support or may not support uh, some of some of your theorizing. You guys may have noticed that a name we hear today is similar to a name that we are already familiar with. What, yes, Steel and Arsteel? Yes, Steel and Arsteel are very similar names that they in that they both end with Steel. And after the book was over, uh, somebody asked Brandon, are these two characters related? And he says, yes, they are brothers. Mm. How fucking old is everyone? Yeah, is it Denth and Shashara, our siblings? That was what we... That seems to be the implication. I don't know that it outright says Mm -hmm. that. He he says, I owe you for Shashara, and then he ends the chapter saying, we're going to like have a talk about what you did to my sister. So there's definitely an implication there. These guys all go way back. Yeah, yeah, everybody does seem to go way back, right? In the way back machine. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, I I like a lot of Jamie's theories. I'm going to try to connect the dots between some of these and things that they'd have said, things that I was thinking. So I'm still Vasher is returned. I'm still on that train. I agree with Jamie. I think he's one of the five scholars. I think the five scholars are Vasher, Sashara, Denth, Arsteel, and now this Yesteel that we've heard about. I think those were the five scholars. Based on them all knowing each other for many, many years, based on us now knowing that Arsteel and Yesteel were brothers. They've all got a lot of history. I was I was trying to think how all of these people fit in as the five scholars, and I was like, well, it can't be Tonk Fa, because that guy's dumb. Um, <laughs> he doesn't seem very scholarly, does he? No. And so when, he's, when he's that, very smart at torture. With, yeah, the other yeah. scholars just like a, now, Tonk, I don't think this quite fits with our guidelines here. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I honestly, I almost went that direction. I was almost going to think, well, maybe it is Tonk Fa, and his like specialization was like, organic awakening stuff but no he doesn't strike me as somebody who can awaken at all i think uh i think uh he's just he's just crazy and creepy and gross so we've got uh we've got these people now with the introduction of the name r steel it kind of fell into place for me especially when data confirmed that they're obviously or that they're related so i think those were the five scholars again how that plays into our story that we're hearing now i don't know except to think based on 
what the five scholars based on the little information that we have about the five scholars obviously they're people that are very knowledgeable about awakening which fits in with what we've seen basher do it fits in with the creation of a sentient sword for for sashara it fits in with how they can all live so long because even if they're not returned let's say like my theory is correct and basher is returned they the others don't necessarily have to be returned they could just have a lot of breaths Hmm. which which allows them to not age yeah Um, your fifth heightening you have agelessness right so like potentially these people are just living forever and so who's the oldest i don't know i'm gonna say vasher's the oldest just because that sounds the most interesting but i have no idea who's the who's the oldest of the five scholars but those are the people i'm gonna say are the five scholars and so i the only thing i can think of at this point is if dense holding a grudge against vasher for something that happened to his sister and we know his sister created nightblood my thought goes to something went wrong with nightblood and vasher had to like like stop shashara kill shashara something happened bad happened between between him and dense sister and i would guess with her creating nightblood and them not knowing what it was going to do it has something to do with that which could also explain why Vasher continues to wield it, or not wield it, but hold it, because he doesn't want anything bad to happen with the sword going forward. So maybe that fits in there. What as as far as what's going to happen going forward, I think that Dak has been on the right trail. I think Pon Call actually hired Denth, and um, because you know when Vasher invades the palace, the people that are closest to Ceres room are dense people and we know that the pawn call servants are the ones that are supposed to be hanging out there so if he's in with if he's in with blue fingers then uh then that would make sense that he could get in the palace and be right there because the pawn call people are the ones that are supposed to be closest um mm, okay and so that's kind of what i'm thinking in which case blue fingers could be big bad in which case our heroes could be in more trouble than we know. We don't know yet what's going to happen. We really don't know what's become of Siri. He asked Tonkfall to check on her, so nope. presumably um, she's not dead. But pres- yeah, presumably she's not dead. Well, which Tonkfar is the one being asked to check on her. Uh, right. Mm. Things may not be going well for her. I don't know, but uh, my guess is he's Tonkfar's got it under control. He never did anything to Vivenna until that's true. You, you know, after after they'd kind of unmasked themselves so obviously he's got some modicum of self-control but yeah i mean what could happen going forward i i don't know i i like what jamie said about maybe light song not making it out you know he's got that deific breath that he could use to help somebody who he's going to help with it i don't know if that's the case uh and then we still got these people at each other's throats and like that's another thing too like when does if light song does give up his breath when does he do it after the the threat of war is over you know i'm just trying to figure out the 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 sequence of events going forward even if i have some theories about what might happen i don't know in what order they Mm -hmm. could happen which kind of would change maybe what i think so um i think that's about as as many conclusions as i've been able to draw so far and again not to harp on this too much i this this book is so is has so many little interesting things in it i really wish that the pacing was just a little bit different because i'm really enjoying it but there's just like i don't know if it was just a little bit different i think it would have been even better but anyway it's interesting what you point out about the about like uh light song and you're like i have these theories 
but I don't know what order, you know, they're going to happen in because like you say, you, you have the theory that he's going to give up his breath and die or something. Right. But remembering from the last section, he is now the only one in the, in the world with the code for half of the lifeless army. Mm-hmm. So what happens to him could have a very big impact. Like if he suddenly dies, then that half of the lifeless army can't do anything. Right. Until they break them, which, you know, could take a long time or if they even can break them. I don't know. Cause like, like, a, like I was mentioning before the God King doesn't know how to awaken. So I don't know how God right. King power breaks, breaks them. So, yeah, everyone keeps thinking the God King could do this or that, but nobody knows that the God King can't really do much of anything. <laughs> Because he's the, supposedly the only man to ever reach the ten tightening or whatever is what they tell us earlier. But so he would have what it points out, like uh, what does he say that you have to be the sixth tightening to get like this innate ability to awaken things without ever having to practice or whatever. So I mean, the God King would have that at the ten tightening, except that he can't awaken things, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we've been told by credible sources that the that the tongue is necessary. Being able to speak is necessary for these commands. Yes. There's not you like have to speak in your own native language and clearly. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cause it's like, you know, it's not one of those bait and switch where it's like, Oh, but his intent was so strong in his mind that he commanded non-verbally, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's possible that like the, the, the power that you get at one of those heightenings that nobody has ever reached before is non-verbal awakening like he's going to suddenly reach the 11th heightening which no one in history mm-hmm. has ever gotten to and that's non-verbal I, it could happen but yeah i guess that's true it would be kind of out of nowhere if that did happen yeah that'd be pretty wild but yeah i don't know like like i said like you like you reiterated it it's just like so many things that could still happen because and i think that's i mean that's that's a cool part of the book because there is a mystery but at the same time i'm like i feel like at this point in the book this is the detriment of the pacing. Like at this point of the book, I feel like we should have some semblance of like what what's going on. <laughs> Cause I feel like there's still so many things with the priests and stuff. It's like, we don't have no idea. We have no idea what their plan is or what's going on or who's evil and who's good, which again, yep. all about perspective. But at the same time, it's like, right. come on, give me, give me something, give me something to hold on to in these, <laughs> in these dire times, something that I can, sink my teeth into and say here here's where i want to stand i stand with vasher no you're gonna get to the end and it will still be completely unclear like uh (laughs) who's good who's bad we don't know everybody just died it was weird yeah everybody just there was a cataclysmic event that was completely uh was completely unforeshadowed a giant meteor struck helandrin (laughs) and everybody died um so yeah it was was all gray so no one could see it coming yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Brandon Brandon admitted in the annotations that he painted himself into a corner and he didn't know <laughs> how to end the book, and so that's what he did. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Maybe in the sequel I'll figure out uh, how to undo that. Yeah, in the sequel. <laughs> All of this the, will come out. If I ever sequel, get around to writing it. The sequel, titled Nightblood, a post-apocalyptic thriller starring the sword making his lonely way across the, ro- <laughs> the, the ruined landscape. The only one yeah. left. <laughs> he just roll. He's just flipping himself over as he crosses the rocks. Yeah. Somehow he figured out after like decades of just laying on the ground that like he he somehow invested himself with like legs so he can walk around and be like, hey, here I go traveling around. I mean, okay. So actually, that's uh, speaking of that's a good <laughs> thing you can attempt to predict is uh, Denth knows how dangerous this sword is, and now he's going to try to take care of it. So what's Denth going to do? I mean, he said. He told Tonk Fada just like throw it f- somewhere away. So it didn't sound like he had like a specific plan in mind. He was just like get it out of here. Right, 
wrap it up, wrap it up with weights and drop it into the ocean, and hopefully Godzilla doesn't find it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's if, a sword. I don't know that you would need to wrap it in weights, quite honestly. Right. I would say. Yeah, well, we don't know what Dent's history with the sword specifically is. If his sister made it, and and if I'm correct, it's something happened between Vasher and his sister because of the sword. I mean, his idea could be like that thing's evil. It caused the death of my sister. Get it away, or we don't know that she's dead. Caused something bad to happen to my sister. Get it away from here. Get it away from me. I don't want to yeah. look at it. Yeah, could be. Okay, so I really like this whole Five Scholars thing that the other two have sort of set up with Steel, Yes Steel, Shashara, Denth, or Baratrilides, I guess his name was, and Vasha. So I am going to take that, and I'm going to punt that even further. And I'm going full volcano on this one. Um, yes Steel, the last one, who we've only had mentioned in passing, let's say it was Light Song. Ooh. Um, now, because now we had the whole thing about Vasha like talking about going in to kill him, but they didn't—he didn't actually go in there and see him, so we don't know if Vasha would recognize him. Were that the case, the thing I'm basing this all on is Vasha's—not Vasha's—Light uh, Song's vision of uh, the woman in his vision with the black sword. Now, I—I—I I, I still think like it applies to Vivenna, but Larimar knows more about Light Song than we do. And when Light Song asked him, the woman in my vision, was she someone important to me? And Larimar answered to the best of his ability, that being that, yes, this woman was important to you. To my knowledge, she's still alive. So Larimar has been like, might have also been around for a while. Like he might he might have been a priest who's just served, uh, who was serving Arsteel and then arranged for uh, uh, not Arsteel. Yes, Steel. God, that's confusing to come back. <laughs> As a, as a returned, like who knows how long Larimar's been around. So he was thinking of Shashara, like like he he was putting his own interpretation of Light Song's interpretation of that painting on. It's like oh, woman of black sword. Well, that's got to be her. So yeah, Yesteel at some point died and has come back as as a returned. And he spent this whole thing just questioning why am I here? Because Yesteel might have different opinions of the life of the lifeless and the returned. So he's so subconsciously, he's questioning. It's like, why the fuck would I be this? Mm. Yeah. Could explain his investigative nature as well. Yeah. You could be on sub- to something there. Yeah. I I should probably note, to make sure that we're all clear, that that uh, uh, Larimar tells him that the woman, the young woman in his dreams is somebody that uh, – was important to him and that is still alive. That's not necessarily the same person as the woman that he sees in the painting because Joey was even guessing the person in the painting was a man that it might've been Vasher. So could be two different women. And I don't yeah. think that we can make the assumption they're the same. Yeah. But it comes down to fallibility. And if Larimar, Larimar is just a dude, light song describes to him, this is what I saw. Larimar mm-hmm. uses his own personal biases and memories to try and fill in the blanks there. Like we're doing, really, with these predictions. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he thinks he knows exactly what he's talking about, and he could be entirely wrong. But like he has information that he thinks is accurate. Mm. So, yeah. Again, I don't know how fucking long this has all been going down for because we've we've thought that oh, Vasher is like super old and like has been around for quite a long time. And if that's the case, then Denth also must have been around a long time, and Arsteel has been around a long time. And who fucking knows how long it's been since Shashara died? And you know. If I'm wrong about Yes Steel, like how long ago was all that? So 
timing wise, I'm just completely. I've got no idea what the scale of anything is here. Right. But yeah, Larimar could be like using that information, and he has flawed information. Like no one knows what happened to Shashara, so he doesn't know. He just thinks, oh yeah, I think she's still alive. We haven't heard that she died, so. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it, it would be nice to tie a light song into all this because like there's such a mystery around who he is or who he was and like we're really running out of possibilities and time and suspects to just go oh yeah you were just some random detective dude who's who was the son of a potter how did like yeah how did he die who's also a prude we learned this time (laughs) oh yeah he's also a prude um (laughs) do, do we know what the gap is between someone dying and them coming back as a returned i don't know that we do i i feel like the only thing we've heard was when hoyd told the story of the first returned i think he said that like the guy died and like that night came back or something like that. i don't remember for sure i don't okay, I, but that that could be I one like, guy it doesn't necessarily apply to all of them yes that's what i was gonna say it's like even if we know for one of them that doesn't mean it's the same all the way across the board yeah so it's it's possible that there was like some group who were dedicated to the five scholars like their lab assistants or something and yes, Steel died hundreds of years ago, and they're just like, oh shit, put his body on ice in case we need it for whatever reason. And Larimar's just the descendant of one of of these guys, and they found a way to bring him back as a as a lifeless, not a life return. Mm, Fuck's sake! Um, <laughs> I know, right? There's too many kinds of things coming back from the dead. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and then like when he finally woke up as a return, they're just like, oh shit, okay, um, I'm his priest. Uh, yeah. And just trying to explain stuff to him without breaking the returned rules or whatever. Yeah, that would make the situation very complicated. I agree. It's a, it, oh, because it's, it's a, perfectly uncomplicated before that. Well, no, I just I just mean <laughs> I, I just mean that like it would be it, it'll be interesting to see someone try to explain this to Light Song later. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean you you guys have all and I I, I may have have steered it slightly. I guess uh, in because I, I did mention that death was like, oh, yeah, one of the five scholars invented this thing. And then we're told in these chapters, oh, yeah, this specific guy invented this thing. So it does kind of uh, I, I may have steered you guys towards thinking these other guys are involved. But, uh, yeah, you guys have all joined in in this theorizing about five scholars. So that's that's an interesting direction. Not that I I mean, I don't, who knows how relevant it's going to be. I, well, I do I, that we just we paid them no attention until now. And then all of a sudden they're the crux of everything. Right. I, I do like how uh, it would be it, w- it would be kind of funny if you guys like, yeah, Denth is one of these five scholars. And then that earlier scene, he's like, yeah, Iker alcohol was invented by one of the five scholars. I don't remember which one. <laughs> he might not give a shit. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, also, I mean, he's, he's, he's also an inveterate makes, liar. So, yeah, what, what I was going to say, what makes any of us believe that for a second Denth is telling the truth about anything <laughs> ever? <laughs> it's true. Uh, OK. No, this is uh, as we approach the end, uh, we still got new interesting possibilities cropping up. So I, I like this. If I'm right, and Light Song is yes still, like he he happens upon um, Claude in the middle of the climax, and it's like, hey, wait a minute, I know this corpse, <laughs> brother. And My Claude brother. Like, Claude is just brother and gives him a hug. <laughs> that would be a very I also uh, loved Universal Monsters ending. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. I love the escalation where Jamie came in with a little bit of five scholars theory and then Joe took it a little bit further and Dax like, I'm just going to punt this, see how far I can yeah. I can send this down the, the field. Straight to the volcano. Let's go. <laughs> okay. 
let's do let's do our session. I'm still trying to decide if 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 it should we should keep it as a recurring segment, but we're gonna do the word of Brandon of the day. And this time, I I, I went out and cataloged a bunch that I'm going to uh, that I have for us to use at various times, and I'm gonna let you guys vote on this. I've got Mistborn stuff. I've got Elantris stuff. I've got crossover between Mistborn and Elantris or Elantris and Warbreaker. I've got Warbreaker stuff. What kind of uh, word of Brandon would you guys like? Oh, weird. My two cents would be either Elantris or Warbreaker because I feel like that's Elantris Warbreaker because that's uh, we've been talking a lot about those crossovers today or Warbreaker. Okay. Okay. That would be my suggestion since that's the book we're on. Agreed. My my first response was going to be the crossover Elantris Warbreaker. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. So the questioner says the magic system for Elantris has a lot of drawing things and the system for Warbreaker has a lot of colors. Would you be able to combine that? Like do a rune with colors? And Brandon says, that's possible. Yes. It's an interesting combination. It would work in interesting ways. So what do you guys, can you imagine uh, how this would work? It seems bizarre to me. I don't know that I understood it, but are we are we talking about a an individual was invested with both like abilities that could use both, or you could draw something in color that someone could then draw upon? Like, sorry, not like draw, but like. Yeah, no, I, I knew what you meant. Color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that it's more of the former, but once again, I only have the information that I've just given you, so I don't really know either. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm just trying to like picture how these two magics would work together and what that could look like. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You could awaken something to like create your aeons, I guess, of sorts. I, I don't know. They just seem, even though like you could have something that's color and something that's illustrated, it just they seem to function very differently. I don't know how yeah. you could cross them over. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the only way to me that they cross over is like, well, I guess that's not true because we saw, we saw what's her name use door in a different world. But I was like, you, I was thinking you'd have to go with breaths to sell, but I guess that's not technically true. Yeah, you get, because you get I, that that un like that purified door juice going on. Yeah, you'd have to have some purified door because otherwise you'd have to be on sell for it to work, right? Like, but. I, if I'm understanding the breaths correctly, unless I'm miscalculating something specific about the magic, which again we don't know that much about, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like their magic is limited to the world you're on because it's you just walk around with these breaths inside of you invested in you. So potentially right. those could be used on any other planet. Yeah, um, I mean we don't like you said we don't know for sure, but it seems like uh, yeah, if if they're part of you, then why not? Yeah, but back to the question at hand, I don't really know. I think because I know so little about how how breath and commands work, I don't know how exactly you could you could do it unless it'd be something like Jamie said, like you just you have it make a bunch you awaken something to make aeons for you and it's like a constant stream of like I guess you could like make a factory of of making aeons so that way like because you know we know they produced things with the aeons, right? Like they mm-hmm. they made things and created things. So like you could automate something to do that, which hmm. could be extremely useful or or useful or or helpful depending on the situation. But I don't know. That's about as much. It's about as much as I can really 
wrap my mind around it. I think it might have been hard for Brandon based on his response to wrap his mind around it because it's like right, yeah. He's what, just like what, oh, that, that could be interesting. Yeah, what are the variables? <laughs> it sounds like what I'm are vague. The... sure? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it, it sounds like he's like, let's not discount that, but uh, yeah, it could be interesting. But uh, yeah, okay, that, that's it. If I ever write is... a sequel, I'll uh, I'll include that reasoning. <laughs> that is something I will ponder at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> And you see him, he's like, he's like six uh, Jack and Cokes down. He's like, hey, man, what if runes, but colors? <laughs> oh, shit, dude, that's so sweet. Wait, where'd you come from? I was over there the whole time. It was Hoyd the whole time. <laughs> Actually, now that I look at these, a lot of these have to do with Hoyd, the word of Brandon's that I've chosen. That's I didn't realize that. Anyway, yeah. you any like, thoughts uh, there? We like the sexy the, drifter. It's fine. He's, I mean, really, he's the Stan Lee of Brandon. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Except, you know, he's fictional. Uh, did, did you have any thoughts you wanted to throw in on that uh, deck before we move on? No, I struggled to wrap my I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? And <laughs> didn't really get much further than that. That's fair. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of with, with all of you, honestly. I, even though I know more about it uh, at this point than you, I'm still kind of like, I'm not sure. How how, how does do? Is it, is it weird that I kind of, in light of like that recent episode, I kind of want to hear if you put that question to poet, what poet would say? <laughs> Well, what do you think uh, like <laughs> aeons and color would do together? Yeah, I mean, maybe he'd come up with something really creative. But like if I was in him, I'd just be like, I don't know what the fuck that means. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Fuck you're talking about, little kid. Which is special. <laughs> Reach down. You spoke from the heart. And you touch your brother heart. Yeah. <laughs> Give, Give me the, the map, Scott. Scott. <laughs> classic. Uh, okay. Um, okay. That's classic. We have uh, known reviews. For patrons this week, but we have one email that I'm going to read, and uh, Joe's going to love this one because it uh, the title is Joey Joe Dad Shabadad? Question mark. <laughs> huh? This is from Hayden again. Oh, because uh, he got to the part where I became a dad too. I get it. Yep. He says, hi, Sander parents crew, Brando mum and daddos. <laughs> if only I were creative. Oh, man, this is... This is- Okay, we're I'll get the shovel out and I'm filling in this rabbit yeah. hole before it gets any deeper. Uh, huge congrats to Papa Joe and his wife. Another surprise. Oh no, don't call me Papa Joe. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that does have some. That's got uh, some connotations. It's got some it. bad connotations to it. Let's not go there. What the pizza I, chain? Papa Joe was the Penn State football coach that knew about molestation among his players like for years and years and did nothing about it. Uh, see, I was, oh. I, I was mistaking Yikes. it, too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'm now on episode 121, start of Baby Break 2. In my August 9th email, I tried to predict your favorite Cosmere books. I guessed that Dak would love Wayne. Now that I'm hearing the end of Bands of Morning, <laughs> I imagine he took great offense to that prediction. Yeah, wow. Uh, of all of the audience predicaments, who could have predicted something so so wrong? That'd be like somebody saying uh, I was going to love Spook. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, whoops, big swing and a miss on my part. Sorry, fam. I doubt that oh, Wayne's man, focus... You, sir, you had a volcano of your own. <laughs> I doubt that Wayne's focus <laughs> in the Lost Metal one deck over. Not completely. Your podcast read of the standalone Cosmere books, Elantris, Sixth of Dusk, have been really helpful. I never fully digested the plot when listening on audiobook, but it was easier when you all discussed it. Wasing to the time of next, Colo Hayden. P.S. I'll email again when fully caught up, or if there's another sneaky baby announcement. Attached is my is the screenshot of my five star rating on Spotify. So mm. Hayden did leave us a five star rating on Spotify. God, I sure hope there's not a baby announcement. 
at least for me. I was gonna say there's no no sneaky baby announcements here either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the, Secret for the time baby. <laughs> Secret baby. There you go. We we all we get to predict Secret Kandra. Maybe um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna have the baby this year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, given. Let's see. Uh, this guy this guy's giving us a few yucks. So I'm trying to think of a good one for him. Um, one of my one of my favorites has always been has always been a tin eye. Uh, even yeah. though I don't like even though I don't like Spook, I, I do like the tin eye power. So I'm gonna give him old tin eye. Okay. Cool. Spooking it up. Uh, all right. Yeah, I guess I guess spooking it up is a better alternative than to like <laughs> say strap venturing it up. Yeah. No. Good point. So I think that about wraps it up for next time. We're gonna read four more chapters. So the next four chapters, did I really close my my document? Okay, so 52, 53, 54, and 55, which will, that's our, our penultimate episode of Warbreaker next week. So if you're following along, you're going to be leaving really in the thick of things. Uh, we're all get, we're, we're going to be ending in chapter 55 in the middle of the Sander Lanch for real. So everyone's going to hate me probably. Mm-hmm. Well, that about does it. About to wraps her all up, as they say. Happen to know that a baby Susbron is on the way. <laughs> but but not, actually. Yeah, not actually. At least not the Siri knows. I guess she could be pregnant and not know it yet. I guess so. But anyway, so thanks, everybody. If you want to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and X and Facebook and Patreon, where... We're, I'm gonna. I have a little break on Patreon now until the next box comes. Actually, I got the shipping notice a couple days ago that my next Sanderson box has shipped. It is going to be the Warbreaker box, so that's appropriately timed. Uh, Ooh. So yeah, if you want to see me opening that, then uh, it'll hopefully be up probably not too long after this episode, if not before this episode. Yeah. Up on our Patreon. I'm so surprised. Check that out. I'm surprised the Vasherpin is it in that box. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so um, thanks, everybody. Four chapters for next time. Only two more episodes of Warbreaker left, and then we're going right into Way of Kings. So everyone who's been waiting all this time for Stormlight, your wait is almost over. Music by Miracle of Sound. And was to the time of next. Colo, DS Factory.